to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Glory, welcome you guys. Bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thankful to be here to minister the word of God. It has been an incredible day of study and prayer. Our Jewish sages ask, what's greater, prayer or study? I tell you the truth. All there is, is prayer and study. So they say, we pray and then we study and then we pray from what we study. For we shall only pray the word of God. So how should we pray? Pray this way when you pray, Jesus Christ, Matthew chapter 6. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. What is his name? yad heh vav -Heh, y h v h in Hebrew. Every time it says God and Lord in Scripture, it's referring to the name yad heh vav -Heh. It's an uppercase. You'll see that uppercase often in the Bible. That's the sacred holy name that was so holy, the ancient Israelites wouldn't write it down. Well, now we write it down and we go into it. John 17 says, Father, keep them, us, Jesus Christ people, in your name. There is a going into the name of yad heh vav -Heh. Therefore, holy is his name, Matthew 6. So therefore, we're kept in the holy name of Y-H-V-H, yad heh vav -Heh. Holy is your name. Give us today our daily bread. That's why we're here. Amen. Give us today fresh Torah scrolls. I am the bread that's come down from heaven, Jesus Christ said. Therefore, the scriptures mixed with faith, the believer's faith, is bread. What is bread? Food for your soul. Food for your spirit. Food for your countenance to emanate Shekinah. Food for deliverance from hell, from demons, from sickness, wrongdoing, Pride, self-righteousness, bitterness, wormwood, sorcery, witchcraft, rebellion is the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is the sin of sorcery. We need deliverance. Father, deliver us from the evil one. <laughs> Jesus Christ said, when you pray, pray for deliverance from the evil one. And that's what we pray for all the lovers of Jesus Christ in the entire world, that they be delivered from the evil one. They be delivered from every single lie the devil has ever told them. And oftentimes those lies are working in us deceit, distraction, all kinds of wrongdoing. And so that when the truth comes forth, that daily bread, what it does, it devours the magic spells of deceit and wrongdoing of the lies of Satan, the father of lies. Therefore, Scripture's purpose, just like Moses' staff, is to devour the staff of the sorcerer. Therefore, truth devours lies. This is why we teach and preach the Word of God, because God's Word is alive and active and energized, sharper than any two-edged sword, to the devouring of all the enemy's lies. The more we listen to the Word, the more the Word of God goes in us, the more deceit, bloodline curses, all kinds of things the enemy has spoken, things we've believed, strongholds. Second Corinthians chapter 10, we break down strongholds tonight. Anything working in us that is not God's will for our lives, that lightning will of God that comes down upon our heads, anything that is not in that pure ancient path of righteousness from the throne of Jesus Christ in Revelation 22. We want it obliterated in the lake of fire. We need a clean slate, not just once when we're born again, but daily. Amen. What does it mean to die daily? What does it mean to pick up your cross and follow me every day, the Messiah said? It means we need cleanliness to be next to godliness every day single day of our lives. Otherwise, we start to fade into the uncleanness and we have a standard that's often in those Galatians chapter 5 realms 
of the fruits of the flesh, we start to see a a leaning towards lust, a leaning towards greed, a leaning towards self-preservation and self-promotion and the identity of the self, of the I am's apart from Yarevave, the only I am. Amen? We want to get away from all the fruits of the flesh to produce all the fruits of the Holy Spirit without measure. That's what the Apostle says in Galatians 5, against the fruits of the Holy Ghost, the fruits of His presence and His glory, His goodness, His righteousness, His holiness and His wisdom, this fountain of wisdom of the upper garden of Eden, there is no law. It means there's no cap. It means that you can have as much of heaven in your life as you're willing to produce from the soil of your heart. It's not just come Holy Spirit only. It's come Holy Spirit until the soil. Come Holy Spirit and plow the foul ground from the foul birds of the influence of the prince of the power of the air. Come and do a work in me and deliver me every day when you pray from the evil one and lead us not into temptation. It is written. That means make our path demon free. (laughs) Make our path lust free and religion-free. It needs to be religion-free, pride-free, stubbornness-free. We need to be teachable. We need to be clay in the potter's hands. We need to be humble scholars as we study and pray the way Messiah wants us to pray. And God was telling me today, Christianity without Judaism is paganism. Think about it. You will not go one paragraph in the New Testament without a Jewish subject matter. How far has today's Christianity strayed from the fulfillment of Moses and the prophets? I'm not talking about going, getting into the Judaizers and the dogs. The the apostles forbid all that. I'm talking about the wisdom. I'm talking about the wisdom of Moses, the wisdom of the prophets, all of them, Malachi, to Isaiah, we need the wisdom of the Old Testament more desperately right now than ever before. My Bible says in Revelation 15, no one overcomes the world unless they stand on Mount Zion with Moses. Not just the Lamb, Moses. That's what it says. The overcomers were singing the song of Moses, standing with Moses on the top of Mount Zion. If you think you're going to go far in these days apart from Judaism, you got another thing coming. That is probably one of the main areas of deceit in the modern Christian church is we think we can have Christianity, this new Gentile form of Christianity, without the wisdom of Judaism. We need all the wisdom of the Judaism. We have so much knowledge, so much Google, so much Wikipedia. Knowledge has increased. What has not increased is wisdom. People misunderstand everything. We got an interpretation for everything. He wants us to have his interpretation. His interpretation comes from the wisdom of Moses and the prophets. How did the apostles get so wise? These righteous men who wrote our New Testament. It's because they had the wisdom of Moses and the wisdom of the Old Testament prophets. You know, the prophets, they called them something. They called those books, the scriptures. Remember, these are the men that wrote the scriptures. We need Judaism and the wisdom of Judaism in order to heal our broken pagan Christianity that is mostly influenced with Samael. There's been some good stuff. Oh my gosh, we're not in denial. But it's mostly been under the sun. It has never really ascended into the realms available above the sun. We haven't understood the path of righteousness. We haven't understood the Torah. We haven't understood the prophets. We haven't ascended into the heights to live in the Messianic kingdom. But the New Testament revelation, John's final wisdom and final address to the Christians was that there would be a future group of people that have a wisdom to live in the heavens. The very last broadcast Bob Jones did with Rick Joyner on God TV Morningstar Television, Bob Jones said, My generation was the Stone Age, but your generation, this next generation, will live 
on the stars. Daniel 12.3 says the same thing. Those who teach righteousness shall shine like the stars of the heavens forever. We need to demystify and desorcerize the heavenlies. God created them and he said they're good in Genesis 1. The reason why there's so much paranoia, fear, and misunderstanding is because we don't have our Jewish foundations of Torah and the prophets. When you have them, there's nothing demonic about them, except you not possessing them through the circumcisions of the foreskin and the membrane and allowing the sapphire stones to emanate the original word that God spoke them into existence. The only thing demonic about the heavens is you not possessing them, guys. Do you understand? You not possessing your promised land is the only thing wrong with the promised land. Once you show up and go through the obedience to the Holy Spirit that got you there, through God's anointed leadership like Joshua and Caleb, all you do, you're anointed, you with the angel, the God I am is right there with angel armies, meeting Joshua, meeting the leaders, leading the way, taking down Jericho, taking down Ai. They battled in the, the city of Ai, which is the artificial intelligence today. We're battling for it and it's beginning to serve Joshua, Yeshua, Mashiach who is the type and shadow of Jesus Christ. Same exact name, guys, in Hebrew. One's created, one's the creator. That's the only difference. The creator came in the likeness of his own creation. It is written in Hebrews. Now we're going to learn how to serve him in a greater way than ever before with all Judaism glorified through the New Testament of Jesus Christ's blood. Messiah, the Lamb of God, fulfills it all. But most of that, you'd be surprised, you guys. There is already a rich wisdom there established. It's like a feast table of Jewish wisdom just waiting for the Christians to grow up. It's like the strong meat for the mature. It really is. God has commissioned my wife, Rebecca, and I, and this ministry, RLM TV, to teach on the mature things of righteousness to bring forth the wisdom of the ages, to raise up the mature manifesting sons of God, to teach accurately the fulfillment of the Jewish law, the fulfillment of Judaism in the new covenant and how to live in the promised land of new heavens. Peter talked about it 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years later, you'd think we'd matured into the place of possessing these new heavens. It's been written in First and Second Peter for thousands of years, and yet it's still controversial. Why? Because we're not there yet. Because we have not yet possessed our promised land. We're only spectators looking into these things. You know, very much dimly as a reflection in shadow form, kind of looking up in higher things of the angelic, not really understanding them, usually judging them wrongly. And those that are going into those places like Joshua and Caleb, what was the reaction when they came down from the heights of the, of the realm of the promised land? They judged them unrighteously. They came back with the evidence of Jurassic grapes, gigantic grapes on a pole that was similar to the pole of the very Ark of the Covenant. So you have the Ark of the Covenant and the poles of the ark, now you have the poles of the Jurassic promised land wine grapes. It represents going into the heavens. It's like we've had all the teaching. Now it's time to do something with it and go into the realms we've been taught. It's time to go into the glory. It's time to go on Jacob's ladder. It's time to become the stairway. John 1.51, Jesus Christ in the red letters. What does he say? I am the stairway between heaven and earth. You're astonished that I saw you under the fig tree? <laughs> I tell you the truth, you will see greater things than that. You will see the angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. For what does he say? For I am Yarevave. The Messiah declaring that he is Messiah, that he is the bridge, the ladder, and the stairway, the elevator, the escalator, the very path of righteousness from earth to heaven. He says at many other places, I am the path to the Father. I am the way to the Father. And no one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus Christ declared. 
Amen. Therefore, we need to understand that entire path of going from glory to glory, getting all the teaching us, receiving the wisdom, the correction, the training in righteousness. A lot of the stuff just needs to be rebuked. The strongholds sometimes need to be chastised. If you don't receive the fishermen, the gentleness, sometimes you need the judgment and the scourging in order to save your own souls. I know I have needed that hundreds of times in my life in areas where I couldn't listen and hear and obey God until there came a discipline upon me that dealt with strongholds, areas of blindness, areas of pride, areas where you just can't see and think clearly because of whatever it is. Usually it's just because we're so earthly, because we're so human in this culture, in these bodies of flesh. (laughs) The spirit willing, the flesh is weak. Guess what? God is going to bring forth his word so powerfully. So with so much glory, so much resurrection authority in these days that even the children, the weakest can walk on sapphire stones, that it's not going to be just for the dread champions of David and his mighty men, but it shall be pioneered for all Israel and everyone who loves Israel, everyone that loves the Messiah, the King of Israel and his glory realms to walk into the heavens on sapphire stones in these days, says the Lord, so that you can begin to see God in the heavens more clearly without the fog and the confusion of all the sin and the dirt and the dust and the reptiles and the the birds, the foul, detestable birds and the bugs and the flies and all the things of the enemy and of hell that have stained our minds from seeing God more clearly. We will be cleansed. We will be washed. I tell you the truth, the washing of the water of the Torah of the Lamb of God will make things crystal clear and sparkling in our hearts and in our minds and in our eyes. He wants our eyes so clean that we can begin to see and understand the things of heaven. (laughs) Ruth Heflin would call them the precious things of heaven. When the gold dust would appear, she'd say, the precious things of heaven are here. I can feel her in the cloud of witnesses. As we began speaking, there's a legacy of the previous generation of prophets that is coming forth right now that God wants you to experience the precious things of heaven to descend down upon your lives that you would learn how to receive them and judge yourselves worthy to be recipients of the glory of the Lamb of God. You need to receive His light. There is a judging of yourself in order to receive the things of the glory realm. If you have a terrible opinion about yourself, if you have judged yourself unworthy, if there is any blockages of receiving God's salvation today, the daily bread can't get to you and you start starving. And when you are starving and become malnourished of God's living scripture, his living word, his living bread, you will begin to go into the bugs. You begin to go into the darkness and God wants to remove the darkness. He wants to remove the flies and the snakes of lies and all the different things that are built upon the person's soul that diminish the Shekinah of their own spirit. We need to strengthen our connection to Shekinah above for God is giving us His Word most powerfully in these days so that we can walk on the water of the Word right to His very throne in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. It's the marriage of the realms. Gone are the days of the Christ ones disregarding the natural realm as unspiritual. When you regard the things around you, physical realm, we're using spiritual terms even when we say physical realm, but just look around you. Houses, cars, lands, you know, God's been speaking about properties houses and properties for believers when god took his people he brought his people to the promised land what did they do when they arrived there they began to you know divvy up the land and this is for this tribe and this tribe they all had houses there was not one household in all of the tribe that did not have their own property their own land and their own house 
Was anyone lacking? Was anyone without? No. So God knew exactly a spot for them where they could go, where every single one of them, I mean, their household, their family, all the things that they needed for everyday life and business, for what they were called to be and called to do, each one had their own land, their own property, and their own house. And these are not just, you know, the tents of nomad, you know, nomadic life of traveling through the desert. God provided everything for them then as well, but it's much different. And so that's kind of what we are here in Florida. We're little Florida nomads for a few months. Uh, definitely have it a lot better than walking around the desert, you know, in our tents. And we have daily manna, so there's no complaints here, but there's a promised land. Thank God for the previous pioneers of every generation. Yeah, amen. This amen. is awesome, you guys. We're going to oh, have a good, so good time in this generation. There will be never-ending revival. Amen. So when you're dealing with the climax of the ages and the thick of the warfare, and just remember, you know, you could be walking around in camel skin and uncomfortable leather uh, sandals that don't... Oh, come on know? now. So just praise God for the blessings in your life. You had a roof over your head. Maybe some of you watching, you don't have a roof over your head. We're praying for you to have the provision that you need, you know, that you can eat three square meals a day and have shelter and things like that. So, you know, grow in righteousness and those things be begin to be added unto you. If you're living in poverty, if you're living in lack, the Father knows how to provide for all of his children. And so where we're going with this in the takeover, the natural realm, one of the things that is near and dear to the Father's heart is the wisdom. I, like Brandon was saying, there's a wisdom that you need to step into what God wants to bring you into. So what wisdom is the wisdom for you? You know, we say, yes, I need wisdom. First thing that comes to mind, the book of Proverbs, those first three chapters, read the whole book. The whole book is an impartation of wisdom. So if you know that you need greater wisdom, you know that you need more wisdom, you can always go into the book of Proverbs. We have that as a YouTube recording. If you don't have access to it, there are many free Bible applications you can download. But if you just want the easiest way to digest it, eat it into your spirit, and just absorb that uh, knowledge, absorb that wisdom, absorb that as a spiritual impartation, you can check out our Proverbs video and just watch along. There's music in the background. It's easy to read and follow along with. And you can simply, by face, just put your hand right on your wind, just right under your rib cage, and allow that by faith as you're laying hands on yourself that there's going to be an impartation that God gives freely as you ask. Ask him for wisdom. You can look at the book of Proverbs and say, look, you know, Father, my Father in heaven, you've given us this book of Proverbs. You've provided us your word to receive an impartation of wisdom. It says, whoever reads this book, it says, if you don't have wisdom, it'll give you wisdom. If you already have wisdom, it, what does it do? It adds to the wisdom. So if God is not a liar, and we know he's not a liar, then what he has in his book of wisdom, his book of Proverbs, is true, which means that you can freely ask, and I see angel sparkling, that you can ask. You can just simply ask and receive. Now, some people ask, and then they don't receive, and they wonder, why didn't I receive? Well, the Word of God explains that as well. He says, you ask, but you have not because you ask with the wrong motives. What are the wrong motives, the wrong intentions, thoughts, and feelings in your heart? Some people just want wisdom to one-up others, right? They want wisdom to defeat who they perceive to be enemies, but they might be persecuting the anointing, right? So understand that there might be, have you ever considered asking yourself or asking God this question, you know, is there something in me that's not a pure intention? Right, you know, God forbid that that's in there, but what do we find is the case? Anywhere there's uncircumcision, that means the will, the intention, the cutter is not sanctified. So we must pray, especially in those 
uh, lower levels of the ladder and even all the way up to 10 weeks of sanctification through cosmic circumcision, we must, we must ask for the purification of the will, the thoughts, and the intents of the heart. So when you come to God openly and honestly with wisdom, which means what? You understand these things. Then God is a rewarder of those who seek him. You're seeking with all your heart, which means you're not ignoring the fact that there are imperfections in your own will and intention. I feel fire all over my ketter. I'm talking about this. It's amazing. And so Christ's intentions are perfect. So I'm leaning and relying on the perfection of his intentions and saying, even those hidden places, Father of lights, Father of spirits, Father God who created all the heavens and all the earth, my Father who sent his one and only begotten Son, Jesus, who came in the flesh and he died on the cross for the forgiveness of sins and he was raised to life on the third day and he ascended above the highest heavens. Now what does that mean? He paved the way for you. He paved the way for you and I to go up, to die to self on that cross, which is the sapphire stone pattern within you. I die daily, a living sacrifice, right? The burning bush that was set ablaze, but not consumed. What's consumed? The dross, the wood, the hay, the stubble, the worthless things that we treasure which are the idols of our heart and the lust of the eyes. So all those things will burn as you sacrifice the self-nature through the crucifixion of the sephirot, which is Christ in him crucified before the foundation of the earth. So what does this mean practically? Again, we're coming back to asking for wisdom. When you ask for wisdom, acknowledge before God, I understand based on the word of God, your word, Father, that my intentions are not perfect. Whenever there's any impurity in my will, in my intention, my thought, the reasons why I'm asking you for wisdom today, I'm also asking for grace, for repentance of those things, even those things I don't like to see in myself, even those things that I might not be aware that are even there, that I can't perceive because of the blindness of my pride, I'm asking for grace, for forgiveness, and even in my seeking wisdom from you now, I ask that it would work out for my good to love you more, to love your people, to walk in my divine destiny, to accomplish whatever it is that you created me to be, and you put me on the earth at this time, in this day, and this age. No, you were not born at the wrong time. You're here for a purpose, for a reason, and it's important for you to know what season you're in now. So don't sleep through your season of opportunity, and what that means isn't just an opportunity for you to go and make a dollar. You know, you might be out here to make a million sand dollar. We have this sand dollar on the wall here. With like this, we were looking at the size of this thing. I said, I know that's a million sand dollar on account of the size <laughs> of it. Five foot sand dollar up there. And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and you know t speaking of shells when people are building sandcastles right we didn't come to florida to build sandcastles but if you look at sandcastles and you can put in the comments if you know Building sapphire stone castles that's right what is the most commonly used decoration for sandcastles i walk around the beach and uh, i see these kids making this sandcastle and I noticed the decoration. It's a common decoration. Shells. Sand castles are commonly decorated with shells, it turns out. And I thought, well, isn't that a prophetic word there? Whenever we're building on the shifting sands, those things that are not eternal, and those things that are not God's plan and will for our lives, the decor, right, when you're talking about sapphire stones, those are, in a way, ornaments, decor. Song of Songs, the jewelry. They talk about jewelry. What's the point there? It's being adorned with wisdom, right? We talk about when you get ready for the day, you're adorning yourself with humility, virtue, wisdom. That way, if you put on a nice outfit, it doesn't change who you are, right? If you get up and get dressed for the day and you become a different person and it's in a negative way, when you put on the clothing, you've just adorned yourself with pride, of the adornments of the uncircumcision, 
of the black safra instead of the adornments of humility and wisdom. So when we dress for the day, whether it's just a plain outfit for you know, our morning well, run or workout, or if you're getting dressed in a suit and a tie for your nine to five, you've got a business meeting, whatever it is that you're wearing, the important thing is what virtues are you adorning yourself with? That's the intention when you get ready. Or is it, I'm going to look so good. I hope you do look great. But the point is, what's the adornment? Now, what we're when we're building, we're talking about... Vanity versus righteousness. Amen. So when we're building, if we're looking at the other side, and they're building sandcastles, which is earthly Christianity, earthly works... Generally, the knowledge of what are nice things to do, good things that you should do, but aren't necessarily what God is speaking into your life. What's the rhema word that you are called to build and do? That's a sandcastle, has the appearance of good. What is the adornment? What's the decoration? Shells. And what have we learned from our training in righteousness course that shells are? It's the appearance of good. Right, when we talk about cosmic circumcision, it's two parts. It's foreskin, right, the foreskin of the heart, and then the membrane. The membrane, we call that the shell. If you remember the Akian paintings that we looked at, those uh, spheres that were off of the path, they were on some kind of a side th thing over here that's not anything to do with the path of righteousness, those off of the path of of God's path, they were in a shell. It's a clear shell, so it allows light through, it looks nice, it has an appearance of good. That's when you're dealing with the shell of the membrane. Those are the shells that need smashed. And so when you're talking about building sandcastles, those things that are going to be washed away, that's what you're going to find. Like it alabaster versus mother of pearl. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the enemy is a counterfeiter. Exactly. So where you're building this season, make sure that you're building in God's will. Now, what is God's will? We talk about what is Kabbalah? What is the Holy Kabbalah? Not, you know, your Rockefeller, Rothschild, you know, Aleister Crowley, black and white and witchcraft, Balaam sorcery. What do they do? They cabal demonic instruction. When you're talking about Enoch, the son of Jared, when you're talking about Abraham, righteousness, the inheritance of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that is the holy Kabbalah, which is the instruction, receiving instruction from God who created all the heavens and all the earth and all that is under the earth. He has created all things and all things belong to him and so essentially what kabbalah is it's a nice hebrew word and in simple terms we just call that hearing from god that's the that's the inheritance to know god and to hear him now where do we run into the issue that sounds great but in most christianity what you'll find is people who are on various levels and degrees, sure or unsure that they're hearing from God. Some people are very sure they're hearing from God, but it's not A God. A lot of people getting cabaled by flies. Right. Woo. The blood speaks, right? So are you hearing your own blood? Your own flesh is speaking. I feel like God is telling me to get, you know, a cheeseburger or talk about, you know, <laughs> I feel led. <laughs> That's your stomach leading you across the street to the Taco Bell, to the McDonald's. And then I'm, I'm not saying that it's a sin to eat at those places. I'm just saying that simply the message that you received in that moment was your stomach growling and saying, feed me, right? It's not a bad thing to feed your flesh, food to keep you alive you know a better option flesh-led be, or spirit-led you know it's still mm -hmm. true that's a true christian yeah. teaching right exactly so where are you receiving instruction did you get cabaled by your own belly you know did you get cabaled by your own desire to have food 
to get fit, to what to get rich, uh, to find a spouse, to have you know a better relationship with your family. All of those desires come from pain points: the pain of hunger, the pain of feeling neglected and left out, and the pain of feeling unloved by those that you feel like you should feel loved by. And then if you don't, there's pain there. So there's a glory in the pain. What does pain tell us? Pain, it shows us what? It shows us the cracks, the tears, anywhere where sin is going to be highlighted. There you'll find pain, right? So if there's a pain point in your life, don't use as those complain points in the disguise of prayer points, right? You know, here's my list of complaints to God. Why is this always happening to me? And, you know, we've all done that in some measure or another, but what's the glory of the pain? From the aspect of God's compassion, why are these things even allowed to happen to us? It's a glorious gift of compassion from a compassionate God who allows us to feel the pain where the problem is. So instead of looking at his pain points and complain points, gossiping and slander notes to your best friends, you want to talk about your pain points, Look at where the cracks are. Where are the tears in, in the vessel? Where are the foreskins and the membranes? What's going on in your life with that pain? So it shows us where the healing can begin. So every pain point is an opportunity for spiritual growth in God, in Jesus Christ. So instead of going to pain and going to complain, we can go into the Word of God and say, okay, well, this is these are the promises in the Word of God. Now, why are they not working for me? This is essentially a large part of my spiritual journey where I began. I began, as most people do, with pain points. This hurts. This isn't going right. My body's not doing this correctly. My relationships are like this and this and this. And, you know, what is this? Where is the peace? Where are, you know, I'm looking through the Bible. I'm getting through all the Bible apps, looking through my physical Bibles. Why isn't this Where working? Where is the promised land? Right, exactly. Where do the promises in the Bible come true in my life? And then when you go to ask a lot of people, there's various doctrines, Christian doctrines, which are essentially demonic doctrines, which are reasons why the Bible doesn't work for you. And so to just avoid that whole thing entirely, you know, there's that disillusionment of having gone church to church, you know, online church to online church and looking and seeking, you know, preacher to preacher and finding out you can look in all religions and all psychology and all you know, humanology and all demonology, and no one has the answers. And so what I found myself on was this journey to discover if God is really my father and he really cares for me, not just in general, God loves all the children of the world, and, you know, generically he loves everyone, but I'm just kind of like, I'm just kind of grouped in there generically, and if I stand out too much, I'll probably get smited, you know. It's a weird way of thinking, but I promise you, there's a lot of people out there that think like that. And I just, I wanted to genuinely know, is God even interested in having a conversation with me? You know, will he even respond? Is he too busy? <laughs> you probably like, oh, who's trying to talk to me? So I wanted to know, without any middleman in the way, without it, you know, not saying that there's no... Uh, receiving of instruction or learning from others, but just a genuine desire to want to connect. Is it possible to have a direct connection without confusion and without deception? Because there's a lot of spirits out there pretending to be God. And how are you going to know? And can this be established? That was essentially, along with the pain points I was experiencing, where my spiritual journey started. Can anybody just do it? If you really want it, can any anybody can you seek it. and actually find? Right. And that's with... When you knock, does the door actually open? Right. And because you hear so many people with so many strong opinions and emotions. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, when it comes down to the end of the day, the end of the night, and they're at home by themselves and they're going to bed at night, they oftentimes are lonely or they don't have peace. Or when it comes to important life decisions, they don't actually know the voice of God because there's no guidance. And now they have to rely on others uh, to tell them what to do. 
And it's wise. I think it's wise because it's written in the word of God that through many counselors, plans are established. So if you have important decisions, I would not advise to take that alone. You're going to want to have trusted advisors and counselors and get their wisdom, first of all, especially if you're living in the world of Isaiah without many uh without many circumcisions of the foreskins and the membranes of the sapphire stones, right? So that way you can gauge how accurately you're hearing and have wisdom for counsel that will cause your plans to succeed. Notice that the wise men coming to the birth of Messiah in Bethlehem, they would have no audience with Herod after they were met in Cabal by the angel. The angel appeared to them and says, take a different route home. And when Herod realized that he was outsmarted by the wise men, that's when he launched an all-out assault on the youth of the generation. So you want to surround yourself with the wise men. The moral of the story is be with the wise men who have no counsel with the realm of Herod, the Pharisees, which is all the kingdom of hell, the seat of hell, the seat of Esau, the seat of Ishmael the seed of Nimrod, the seed of Antichrist, the seed line of Cain, all that wickedness of the building of hell is so far from the wise men. What made them so wise? Notice they were wise because they had communication with the kingdom of heaven. Amen. So cabal, (laughs) the holy Kabbalah is where you're going to receive communication from God, communication from heaven, the holy angels. And what you find is on this path, the communication becomes very clear. Your receiver, right? If you have a satellite dish and you're trying to receive your sports channel, if if the satellite dish as a receiver is broken, guess what? How much football are you about to watch uh, on, on game day? Zero. Why? You can't receive. And if you're not sending, if you're not sending the signal, if you're not sending communication, who's going to hear you? If you're, instead of praying to God, you actually serve idols in your heart and lust in the eyes, who is listening? Who are you actually praying to when you think you're talking to God? You know, sometimes God will just intercept those. God will sometimes just intercept those and like, you know what? Hey, look, this is a situation. A lot of Christians in ignorance pray to angels of light because their heart is full of cultural idols, cultural Christianity. They lack all kinds of Jewish wisdom in their pagan Gentile Christianity. And it's not really Jesus they're talking to when they're praying. That's why when we pray, we have to pray this way, our Father in heaven. And there's a protocol in approaching God. It's not just your way. It's get into the way of the apostles, follow the apostles. What does the uh, book of Acts say? It's called the Acts of the Apostles. That the entire Christian church spent and devoted their time to the teachings of the apostles. Amen. That's what it says, that you would meditate on their interpretation. So we're not out here with a hundred thousand different interpretations of the Bible. We have one apostolic interpretation of the heavenly Jerusalem of sapphire stones. Mm-hmm. Guys, when we begin to humble ourselves and receive mm-hmm. that true eternal gospel, we're going to have unity of the brethren. We're going to have en masse revival. We're going to have healing. We're going to have the angels appearing. We're going to be going up into heaven. The glory cloud will appear. The sun will shine seven times brighter and the moon will shine as bright as the sun. All those promises of healing this world from shadows and from hell and the fallen angels will begin to come to pass right and the issue with most christianity especially in the charismatic and glory streams is people are making the mistake of waiting until they see those things happening uh, before they start taking action by the time those things are visibly manifest the sons of God will all all have already begun their journey or and some have finished their journey on rising on the sapphire stones. I see an angel flash right over here. So don't wait until the mystical becomes visible. It's your job now and you're pursuing a relationship with Jesus Christ, knowing him within you to take action on what you're called to do. Many of you, what you're called to do has to do with taking over business markets now that might seem as far from the spiritual realm and the manifest glory cloud but it's really not it's the glorification of the natural realm why did god put you on earth right if it was just about you coming to earth and getting saved and dying and go to heaven you know we have that kind of running joke of all you need is evangelists and hitman just get them saved and 
go to heaven, you know. That's not the point. It's not the point. You are here to transform the natural dimension. And step one starts with you understanding what you're calling and what your destiny is. Every single one of you has a destiny where you're called to be a spiritual person. Now, that being said, if you only focus on the spiritual, invisible part, you're going to totally neglect the spiritual, natural, visible part of your destiny. And why do most people miss that? That's because the evil genius of fallen angels have programmed you to think that way by influencing Christian education and they've done a lot through natural education to dumb down the people to remove the free will thinking. Now, we could go into the depths of, you know, the United States education system and how that came through, you know, Prussia in the early 1800s and 1806. You had Prussia that went to war with the Napoleon in France and the, the supposedly unbeatable Prussian army got crushed by Napoleon and they found out why. Well, here's what the problem was. Take a look at this. This is some of the origins of your history of American education and why things are done the way they're done under the clippeth. In your day and age. So when that supposedly invincible Prussian army got crushed by Napoleon, okay, so why did they lose? Their great thinkers that they had available to them, right? Their, their wise men, if you want to call them, or, you know, their thought power of their wisest people took a look into it and said, you know, okay, why did, why did we lose? We should have completely crushed them. Why did we not? And what was the answer? Because Napoleon's army were not thinking for themselves. They were just simply following orders, and that made them a stronger army than the Prussian Empire. The Prussian uh, soldiers, they found, were thinking for themselves. They were all having their own way of thinking about doing things. So they all had their own kind of thing going on. So this is really fascinating. So they regroup and they say, okay, that can never happen again. How can we fix this so that that doesn't happen again? So we can be, you know, the Prussian strong empire. So then they go in and they invade. Uh, this is a little bit later on. They go in and take territory in Poland. But they find that the Poles there, they're, the adults, have a very strong, you know, Polish roots mindset. And they're not going to conform. The children, though, are a little bit more pliable. It's easier to indoctrinate children, right? Everyone knows it's easier for a child to learn. They have more the plasticity of their mind while they're still young, but it's also easier to indoctrinate a child. If you're in righteousness, it's easier to train up a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart from it. But in the hands of, you know, wicked Kabbalists, who are, you know, trying to create empires for the Klippeth and take over nations, it's a little bit different story. So what was the solution? They learned from their previous errors last time, and they came up with this, you know, solution of an eight-year education program where essentially all of the students would be slowly bereft of their individual free will, right? You go in as a bright and creative student. At the end, you come out compliant, submissive to uh, uh, the state authority, and able to obey instructions, smart enough to operate and obey. Yes, you know, that's what I'm going to do and have, you know, pride in the Prussian Empire. And so they indoctrinate them through the education system. So they pioneered that whole system. So then fast forward a little bit later into the 1800s, I think it's like 1840s, 1843 or so, uh, uh, U.S. congressman who was in the House of Representatives, I forget his name, something man, uh, he was uh, on a board of educators on this, that board I believe was originally created, uh, you can look, look it up, I believe it was Rothschild and someone else, it wasn't actually a branch of government, it was just their, their thesis on their um, mission statement was so uh, it sounded so good that to say that you're opposed to something that says that 
would make you look like a bad person, essentially. So anyone who was going to be any politician would support it, essentially. And they had the dollars to back it. So they did lobbying and things like that. So it looks as if it's government. I feel so much fire coming out in my mind. And it, so it looks... Exposing all the brainwash, all the hypnotism. Yeah, that, that's it's how it works. It's time to obliterate it out of our society. Let's go. Yeah, so this is a lot of... Because this all, this all permeated into Christian American culture as well. Regular um, American culture and then also into Christian American culture. But this is where it started. So uh, he was looking to see, you know... He was looking over in Europe, in European cultures and societies, for case studies on what would be the best for their interests to bring back to the United States and as a House of Representative uh, congressman and, you know, a head of that, you know, board of directors, I think it was in Massachusetts, uh, from, you know, that organization, what's going to further their interests? Now, we know as spiritual people, they were being cabaled by the Klippeth. Right? And if you don't know what that is, you can check out our uh, masterclass teaching on righteousness. So he goes over and he's checking the um, European nations to see who has a great opportunity. Guess whose uh, <laughs> program he thought would be the best suited for their purposes? The Prussian Empire. <laughs> their education that they pioneered of brainwashing uh, for conformity to their empire. They just needed to have good soldiers. Right? It all came back to they lost Napoleon how do we have soldiers that just obey without questioning so obedience without questioning but to a an empire government who is controlling them the clippeth sorcerers and the fallen angels right you see that in the book of enoch and in the bible it talks about the principalities the powers and the wicked places the rulers and the different nations, right, and the fallen angels over them. Reminds me of the shock troopers on the Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's no identity. You're just a you're number. Just you just take orders. Smart enough to operate the machinery Are and sure obey. It's even a human being. It's more like a cyborg. Yep. I mean, that's really what government has been trying to do is to mm -hmm. brainwash the people just to be lemmings for hundreds of years. Yeah, so this guy, he goes over there and he finds that and he loves it so much that he brings it back. They lobbied intensely and they had such a great, again, the description on there was free public education. For, never, No girl, no boy left behind. I mean, it sounds perfect. Anyone would be like, oh, yeah, obviously, yes, it's going to better this and that. But there was an insidious agenda behind it, right? So you have all those things that gets implemented. And then we, now we have like, you know, the GED and things like that. And so that's if you, you can trace all the roots back to woke culture now in 2022, 2023 and going 2024, it all has its roots in that same education system. And so what it does is it's a literally the you removal. need to understand as natural as that is, that's sorcery. That hypnotism of brainwash at a governmental level in the invisible world is sorcery of fallen angels. There's fallen angels behind every structure of deceit of dumbing down the human soul and enslaving it to someone's will that's not God the Father. That's what the fallen angels have always been doing. Yep, and that was 1843 Horace Mann, uh, House of Representatives, American congressman, who became later known as the father of public education. Isn't that fascinating? <laughs> the clippeth father of clipping the children, you know? And uh, so here it is. I want to find this for you here. Okay, so his goal was implement the same system. He was so impressed there. He actually traveled to Germany to meet with their board of educators. And then when he returned to the U.S., they lobbied for that. And so then more and more of them would go over and travel there to learn in person the inner workings of that mind control or that suppressing of human free will. And I want to find the That's quote. so interesting. That's opening up so many areas of people for their personal study mm -hmm. to understand history, why things are the way they mm -hmm. are, and to make a difference in our day. And so uh, here is the person who was, I believe this is the man, Johann Gottlieb Fitch, who is the person who created this system. Education should aim at destroying, this is a quote from one of his books. Education, this is the creator, this is what the American education system is based off of in its roots. Education should aim at destroying free will so that after pupils are thus schooled, they will be incapable 
throughout the rest of their lives of thinking or acting otherwise than as their schoolmaster would have wished. When this technique has been perfected, every government that has been in charge of education for more than one generation will be able to control its subjects securely without the need of armies or policemen. Well, that's one thing I do like about America. You know, people are extremely rebellious against that. You do have a lot of people standing up against the brainwash right now. And that's wonderful to be a part of that, that's standing up against that government control. I believe that's the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of communism, to just mm -hmm. completely control the people with a big demon inside of a communist leader. Mm -hmm. And so looking at the spiritual roots of these things, you have to understand if uh, these systems are created by fallen angels who had inspired wicked rulers and powers in the high places, like the kings of the earth, the, the rulers of the different nations, what is the clippeth intent? Now, you have to understand, this system is created like this by design, and that is the foundation for the modern-day education system. So am I saying, oh, run and pull your children out of school? Not necessarily, but get the what's the wisdom here? Open up the heavens so they have the training in wisdom, holiness, and righteousness mm -hmm. of Yadavave Messiah, Jesus Christ. So all those limitations that society, the world, and the demons, and the clippeth are trying to put on human beings, they don't apply to you because you're a free people of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, what was their aim? Their aim and their goal was to destroy. What is the will? When you study the Holy Kabbalah, what sapphire stone is will? Keter. They're destroying the Keter of the youth so that they'll never go and reach the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. It's about destroying the inner spirit and that inner child creativity because when they go into the system, they were bright, they were creative, they could think for themselves. They have so much opportunity. They actually physically in the invisible realm damage the crown of their spirit so that they could never have the image and likeness of God their father with a blazing lightning crown and all that glorious creativity, witty ideas to change the world and innovate for society in a helpful way. Because a lot of these kids are actually born to create technology and futuristic angel technology bringing it into the earth to make it on earth as it is in heaven more and more every day. But again, because of Gnostic heresy and American culture, where's your American culture coming from? Most pastors today go to an education system in the United States, which even if it's based on the Bible, it's still in that same, uh, it's still in that same, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's that same ancient covering. It's yeah, the fallen angels, guys. It's the same process, right? It's the same process of education, that same template that they got from the Clippeth who inspired it in the Prussian Empire to brainwash and destroy Cutter. So what you're dealing with is systematic Christian American culture that is by nature of its design harmful to the Holy Kabbalah and harmful to your crown of stars. And it's and it's it's endemic. It's it's saturated all of American Christianity. And I believe that that is one of the reasons why when you bring up the Holy Kabbalah, a lot of times the Christian people who, if they're just a regular educated Christian, will kind of lose their mind or they get really unsettled by it because they have something else that's sitting there or they have a damaged uh, cutter from being indoctrinated into that type of a system that, again, by design, the way our education system is designed is to do damage to cutter. And so because of that, there needs to be healing. So there's want to speak healing Absolutely over your crown. So true. You're going to have a crown of stars. Jesus Christ wore a crown of thorns. Father, heal and us you from all of it. you a crown of stars. And we bless your education, your child's mm. education, that they will grow up in the way they should go. And from it, they will not depart as it is written in the way of righteousness, which is the path, the lightning path of Enoch. Amen. Amen. Yeah, those 12 stars of Revelation 12.1. That's God's plan for every soul. 
So God has 12 stars for every healthy soul. Receive your starry crowns. You need to receive them. That's what will destroy all of that hypnotism, all that damage to Keter. God the Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray for that 12-star crown of Revelation 12.1 to descend the path of lightnings upon each listener and viewer's head right now and heal and restore their souls. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys for watching tonight. We're raising support for RLM Florida headquarters, for our priesthood facility, our priesthood living quarters, and for a permanent location for broadcasting to have visitors into the TV studio. Both facilities, we'd like to raise the support for our time down here while we're scoping out the land, spying out the land, fundraising for permanent headquarters. Click the links in the description. Give generously. Be led by the Holy Spirit as you give. It's not something to just offer a sacrifice flippantly. It's not like just throwing coins into a wishing well. It's bringing the offering. It's bringing the sacrifice. Understand the sacrifice and the offering of the Old Testament. It was a ritual and it was holy. And the archangels would appear on the altars and take the offering up to God. This is not a flippant thing, people. Don't let Christian... A lukewarmness influence your giving and your offering. It's holy to the Lord, and the angels take your offering and your giving, if it's done properly, right to the throne of God. Book of Acts, Cornelius, your offering has ascended to Yadavafe, it is written. Therefore, what happened when his offering, his giving ascended to the Father? The Holy Ghost came down through the Apostle Peter, baptized and saved the whole house prospering the man, uh, giving him a legacy of Pentecostal revival because his financial offerings went up as a fragrance into the Father's nostrils in the heavenlies. Therefore, when you give, give with that intention to please the Father, that the Father sees the offering because it's from your heart, your heart's positioned correctly. It's for His will, His advancement of His dreams, His agenda. Therefore, you give right into that. That's how you give appropriately. In the name of Jesus Christ, I bless all your giving and offerings to the Father's will, the Father's keter the Father's lightnings, and the working of the Father's angels in establishing His kingdom in Florida during these days. In the name of Jesus Christ, bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen.